We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Hey, welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priests, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we don't really have too much by way of news to sift through tonight. Lots of topics, however, we want to get to. Uh, but plenty of uh, aggregation around the interwebs. And, you know, that's what we've made our uh, our business, so to speak, in the offseason here at MHH. And you had a very interesting story today. Somebody somewhere out there pounding the table for the Broncos to sign Leonard Fournette, former top five pick running back. What's the story, Morning Glory? Yeah, you know, I uh, I kind of cringed because of the uh, the media outlet, but PFF's Brad Spielberger uh, linked to the Broncos. He named one move that every NFL team should make before training camp. And for the Broncos, he chose running back and not Dalvin cook, not Kareem hunt, not Ezekiel Elliott. He chose Leonard Fournette, AKA championship Lenny from his time in Tampa Bay. Well, the thing with that is, and even as Spielberger noted in his own article, the Broncos picked up a banger back in Samaj P ride. They have another one coming back in Javante Williams. If anything, like I wrote, they need a change of pace back, an electric back, a game-changing back with speed and home run ability. Leonard Fournette has never been any of those things. And at this point of his career, if you watched him last season, he is three yards and a cloud of dust. Think of late-stage C.J. Anderson with the Broncos. That's what you'd be getting with Leonard Fournette. I I wouldn't do it at all. I don't know why they even recommended that, but par for the course. I just don't see like the fit. As you guys know, I'm not like running to sign a running back right now. I don't think the Broncos are in that bad of shape. If what they're saying about Javante's timetable kind of being ahead of schedule is true. Uh, But if the Broncos were Zach to, to get in on that, I'm not, I don't see Leonard Fournette inside power runner making all that that much sense for the Broncos. So I get it. Um, Troy, what's up, bro? Thank you for jumping in early with a super chat. You are a prince, my friend. He says, hey, guys, if Javante cannot go, this would be a good move if cheap enough. Would rather spend on a D lineman or a center, though. Any chance we trade for a receiver or a D lineman or a center? 
have a great show. So do you see any trades, Zach, of those three positions coming down the pike? Maybe if like they threw in KJ Hamler and a flyer, like a late round pick for another position, I can see them making a move. But my personal belief is I don't think George Payton nor Sean Payton want to give up any more assets after two years of trading for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Um, they, they're just depleted. They want to start restocking that that uh, cupboard, so to speak. They might pick up one as a free agent, and I'd have no problem with that, Troy, if they want to sign an interior defensive lineman or, or even a defensive end or a center or a guard. I just don't see them trading to acquire that talent. Agreed. Agreed. Um... All things considered, I think that they're doing pretty good right now uh, relative to depth. And although there are a couple of sore spots, you know, you think of center. I'm willing to trust uh, for the time being Sean Payton's read on the situation as far as he's saying Lloyd's the guy. All right, let me just see it for a little bit before I panic. Uh, Defensive line depth, that is a little bit of an issue. I would like to see Zach one last veteran. Uh, brought in even just as a fail safe and i think you could find one on the relative cheap considering who's out there right now wide receiver i think they're i think they're loaded for bear on this hunt when it comes to the wide receiver arsenal in fact they might want to think about trading a receiver to kind of clear up that room uh more so than add another they have like i think 11 or 12 on the offseason roster and they're only going to carry six or seven at absolute most on the 53. So as Chad said, they're fine at wide receiver center though. It's a different story. I would love some veteran competition for Lloyd Cushenberry. Troy, thank you for jumping in early. My friend really, really appreciate you. Um, we also had the Papa bear as he's known in his neck of the woods. Uh, David McElrath. What's up, brother? He says, happy independence day, Broncos country, Chad, Zach, Dylan, Deacon, Scott, hashtag 25 days. MHH for life. Buckham times three and Denver Broncos for life. Yes, uh, we are. I mean, a lot of people at this very moment are still amidst their 4th of July celebrations. I have a lot of family, for example, that are out playing in the mountains and having fun and, you know, uh, sea views and jet skis and fishing and whatnot in the uh, Rocky Mountains. So uh, hopefully those of you who are out there are uh, enjoying your time and uh, being safe. Like Sam, I'm here also with an early super. Thank you, my friend, saying evening, everyone. Happy Independence Day Eve. I think he says Fournette makes sense on a <clears throat> pardon me one-year deal, hopefully for cheap. Go Broncos. We'll see. I think he's he's a guy that uh, it's a position I think for now, Zach, you can afford to wait a little bit longer to see how the dominoes fall uh, relative to Javante. Yeah, respectfully, Sam, appreciate you as always, but I disagree that it makes sense because you already have two like-minded running backs in Samaje Pirine and Javante Williams. You can even throw Tony Jones into that equation as well. He's more of a, a hulking type of an early down banger, if you will. They're set in that category. They need a, an electric scat back type that can house a, a random run and, and kind of take over the, the course of a game with this pure speed. Think more of Philip Lindsay uh, than Leonard Fournette. Well said. Well said. All right, jumping back for a second here into the chat. Just want to say some hellos. Uh, We dove, of course, as we always do, straight into the main topic for tonight. But I want to give a shout-out, Greg, over on Facebook. Good to see you. Um, I think we can deduce who this gentleman is, Facebook user, coming from the MHH Superfan Group. Go Broncos country only. Hello, Chad and Zach. Hello right back at you. Big Earn. We know who you is. 
Uh, Roy Osborne, good to see you, my friend. Um, all right, Zach, let's have some fun for a second here. Let's, uh, I see some other questions and topics. Um, but I want to have a little bit of fun for a second and talk about Broncos draft steals. Okay. Well, put a pin in that real quick since Gary just jumped in. Uh, Gary, thank you, brother. Thank you. So generous of you. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, Scott, and Dylan. Maybe I'm crazy, but what does it say to the backs that we have if we bring in a premier back? Go Broncos, buck them. So if they were to make a move for a Fournette or a Cook or, you know, a Zeke or something like that, what is the, what's the message sent? I agree with the premise wholeheartedly, Gary. It's something I said about a week ago. If they were to sign Dalvin Cook, let's say, um, but you're having Lloyd Cushenberry at center or Jonathan Harris at defensive end or whoever is going to be the backup guard, it doesn't make the most sense fiscally or um, you know, personnel-wise. I disagree, though, that Leonard Fournette is a premier back. He hasn't been that in quite some time. He is a three-yard and fall-down type of back at this point of his career, and the Broncos have two better ones already on the roster in Pookie and Piran. Look, um, he used to be a freak. You know, he was – Leonard Fournette coming out was just a complete animal and just – we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Great, great running back. Here, to put it in perspective, Scott, you know, Scott, his background is in prep sports recruiting, right? The guy's making the transition from high school to college. So especially in the South, man, he knows a lot of those guys' backstories and a lot of their 
you know, stats and different things, measurements. This is Scott. Uh, Fournette was a state 100-meter champion. He was a beast of a prospect coming out. But, you know, time and running backs, those two things are not usually, Zach, uh, very conducive to one another. So, um, anyway, real quick, Roy, hey, uh, appreciate your reading the articles. Really appreciate it. And uh, hope you're healing up well, my friend. And best wishes to you on that. Also, props to Alex here who says, hey, Priest, I don't know if you remember, but a couple years ago, I said that if I graduated from college with a 3.0 GPA, my dad would take me to a Denver game. I have a 3.6, and I will be at the Browns-Broncos. That's rad, dude. Yes, of course, I remember that. And congratulations to you, my friend, on a job well done, and I'm sure you're going to have a blast at that game. Enjoy the victory, Alex, because that will be a victory, and congratulations. That's a tremendous accomplishment. Uh, we do hope you enjoy that game. Okay, Zach, I want to segue back to this idea of Denver Broncos draft steals. You know, we spend a lot of time, um, and this, I think it's kind of the nature of fans, it's the nature of sports talk in general, to kind of focus on the swings and misses, especially relative to free or uh, the draft and free agency. Uh, but every once in a while, Zach, it can be just as fun to let our hair down and talk about some of the triumphs the Broncos have had over the years in terms of finding those diamonds in the rough that turned out to be just outkicking the coverage in terms of the return they get uh, relative to their draft stock. So what triggers this conversation for me, though, is uh, ESPN's Matt Miller and Jordan Reed put out a list of the, the top 50 uh, draft steals of the past 10 years. And checking in on that list was one Bronco only, and that was Justin Simmons, the safety, at uh, number 33 in their rankings, which is a whatever. But the fact that he's on the list it, it is cause for conversation here. Of course, Justin Simmons, 2016 Boston College, a third-round pick, a very end of the third round, too. I mean, like borderline fourth-round pick. Goes on to, of course, become a three-time second-team All-Pro and a Pro Bowler. At one point, becomes the, makes himself the highest-paid safety in the NFL. So that is obviously, Zach, quite a uh, draft bargain relative to where he was taken. But uh, what's your what are your thoughts on that, and can you think of any other – draft steals over the last 10 years that are, are noteworthy for the Broncos. Uh, in terms of Simmons, I, I disagree with his, his um, salary. I think he's a tad overpaid considering what he's brought to the table, but anytime you get a top five player at the position with a third round pick, it, it warrants to fall in that category. And I feel like Chad, we knew immediately in his rookie season, he was going to be a good one when he had that along with Will Parks, that return on the extra point, block run back to beat the saints that was pretty um you know eye-opening in terms of what simmons athleticism and talent can do other draft steals of the last 10 years just just give me one for now let's go one by one it's so hard because in the elway era there weren't many solid draft picks i feel like he whiffed on a lot of his uh his players well i don't know why and it's not a steal now but i feel like it could be getting baron browning where they did as another third round pick um starting it out in outside linebacker was an inside linebacker when he's healthy i think he can be a long-term fixture he could be a 10 12 13 sack a year guy so I've been a big fan of his, and that's just one name that jumped out right to me. Definitely, especially if he, uh, you know, can overcome these injury, this current injury situation, and get back on the grass. But I'll dial it back since it's within the first or the last ten years. It's crazy to think, Zach, that 2014 is is the beginning of that window. That's insane to me. That makes me feel 
tremendously old because I remember not only the Bradley Roby pick in the first round that year, Zach, but his debut as a Bronco, the season opener against Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts. And he had a great play at the end of the game on a fourth down, breaking up a pass over future Hall of Famer Reggie Wayne to get the Broncos the win. And, you know, Colts ended up getting their uh, revenge later on that season in the divisional round, but I digress. That class, though, Zach, 2014, in my opinion, maybe not a top 50 steal of the last uh, 10 years NFL-wide, but I think getting Matt Paradis in the sixth round that year is the definition of a, of a draft steal, considering what he went on to provide the Broncos the next few years. That's a good shout as well. I don't know why I'm blanking on – for NFL-wide, I, I truly believe that Simmons is the only one who has any sort of um, uh, candidacy to make this list. But if we're keeping it just Broncos and it might be kind of niche – Jonathan Cooper as a seventh round pick. I, I really like him a lot. Very try hard player. Probably had no business being a seventh rounder if not for that heart issue. Yeah. So there's a few in recent Broncos canon. More so, Chad, when uh, George Payton took over from John Elway. Here's a name for you, though, keeping it in the Elway era. And this is interesting as far as debate. This is not necessarily me asserting this name as a draft steal, but it's me asserting it as worthy of argument. Trevor Simeon, okay, oh. a, a seventh-round pick in 2015, gets a Super Bowl ring watching Peyton Manning do his thing uh, as a rookie and then ends up the day-one starter the very next year, goes on to start quite a few games. Not a lot of success in Denver, but would you consider him relative to where he was drafted? Maybe not a top 50, right, or even maybe a – top 100 of the past 10 years but just generally speaking do you feel like the broncos got a steal in landing trevor simeon out of northwestern with the 250th overall pick in 2015 that's a really really good uh a name to throw out there i feel like if you were to redraft the class he was in he'd go higher than the seventh round yeah because he was never a, a great long-term, you know, Pro Bowl starter. He never had the physical talent, but what he had in his heart, what he has, has I should say, in his brain uh, makes him worthy uh, of being called a steal. He's went on to be a really good backup uh, at multiple spots, New Orleans, Chicago. He looked damn good, by the way, under Sean Payton's tutelage, like most other quarterbacks have done. So I agree with you. I think in terms of steal, uh, just the very definition of that, that term i think he qualifies he outkicked his coverage by the way if if you guys have a if a comment zach or a super or something gets thrown on screen just let me know because i'm on the other tab i'm trying to avoid the delay thing here um all right let me move it forward here's a name all right and people will debate us on this we're, we're of course wanting to hear your guys thoughts on all these names as we throw them out but kicking it forward one more year to 2016 zach what you wouldn't give to have 22 Janos, right? <laughs> Sixth round pick uh, out of Nebraska in 2016, Andy Janovich. Was he, um, yeah, I don't know, important enough? I think he was, he was definitely, I guess that's probably about where most NFL-worthy uh, fullbacks probably find themselves going, but would, would he maybe be pushing the boundaries of the definition draft steal? 
somewhere Brock Olivo has the biggest smile on his face that we're talking about <laughs> Andy Janovich. I, I don't know. I mean, it's such a dying breed and even it was a dying breed when Jano was drafted, but he's one of those players that when he's on your team, you grow to love him. He just has that, that machismo, that charisma, that, that sort of raw grit that you love to see from a, a pretty brutal position. I don't know about a steal, but he, he, he left, I think good memories in Broncos country. A name that is maybe borderline is from that same class, which is Connor McGovern, who went on to become a starting fixture in Denver and and then later in New York Jets and all this his his career. I don't think he's been accomplished enough, Zach, as a as a pro to kind of say, oh yeah, the Broncos got a steal in the fifth round, just because frankly, the middle rounds are where a lot of the best interior linemen in the, in the league right now, and even the, a lot of them who have taken home the most individual accolades end up getting drafted. But he's, a, he's an honorable mention. I'll put it that way. When you get to 2017, though, my friend, oh, that, that gum, it's a bloodbath, dude. It's a bloodbath. So we're going to skip 2017. 2018, though, there are a few possible candidates I'm going to throw at you. Okay, This is still John Elway and Matt Russell doing their thing in the draft. I would submit for your consideration as a potential draft steal, Josie Jewell in the fourth round. What do you say? That's a steal. Yeah, I mean, a, a starter who's gotten a second contract with his team, um, consistent, reliable for the most part. I mean, he has some injury troubles, but you know what you're getting in Josie Jewell. Another player where if he was redrafted, he'd probably be a second or third round pick, not a fourth round pick. But Chad, we have a quick super yeah, yeah, yeah. on the screen from Drake Wally, $10 super. Thank you so much, Drake, as always. Drake says, draft steals, man. Got to say that I love Justin Simmons was on the list. A perfect fit. Love that. Hate that Jonathan Taylor was excluded. Happy for Simmons, though, straight dog. How do you exclude Jonathan Taylor? Is there any sort of criteria, Chad, for that list or or not? Um, I don't recall off the top of my head. Um, but I gotta I gotta remember exactly where this cat. Yeah, so he was pick 41 in the second round, 2020. I couldn't remember for sure off the top of my head if he was end of the first or early second. And so indeed he was uh 41st overall pick in 2020 and as we know he went on to become nfl rushing champ uh, in his second year so i don't know i f i can understand zach why colts fans uh would be upset that he is omitted from the top 50 list i really do but from a maybe it's not exactly objective but let me just say maybe a more distant perspective on it he was still a pretty high pick for a running back right like relative to where running backs go nowadays so I'm not sure that I would pick too many nits in it, but that's just me. What do you think? Well, I think you're right, but when you have Jameer Gibbs and B. John Robinson going as high as they did this mm. last year, I think running back you know, is still a valued position. It might be kind of going the way of the dodo a little bit, but Taylor in the second round for Indy, I, can, I think Chad put it best. I think when you're close to the situation, if you're a Colts fan or if you're a Colts reporter, you feel like Taylor got snubbed, but he was still a high second rounder. And Colts fans know. like That's how we feel about Broncos players if you know you know we you guys in Indianapolis know how good JT is and that's all that really matters when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Man, we thought we had it solved. Scott, we thought we had it solved. I'm just going to have to give in, dude, and get one of these freaking Macs like Zach has because I just can't take this anymore. And I, I'm sure our viewers are freaking Come to the dark too. side. To the dark side, I must journey. Um, Howie, what's up, bro? So good to see you. Appreciate you, big dog. What's up, indeed? Uh, also, Micron Keo checking in. What's up, big dog? Appreciate you with us. Now, I was going to circle back here, but since KB's putting it in the chat, let's get to it now when we're talking about Bronco draft steals. These two have to be mentioned, all right? Now, when you talk about Danny Trevathan uh, and Malik Jackson, though, it's not in the, the last 10 years because they were class of 12, right? But let's give them their just uh, reward here because Danny Trevathan, was a sixth-round pick. All right, we're talking about the number 188 overall, and we know what he went on to become. Injury problems kind of derailed what could have been for him, not only in Denver but Chicago. But still, when he was on the field and what he contributed to in 2015, I think he definitely outkicked his coverage as a sixth-round pick. And then Malik Jackson, same story. He was a lot more fortunate, Zach, in terms of the injury bug. But unlike Danny, he didn't really start seeing the field till his contract year as far as starter snaps. So the Broncos ended up kind of developing him under Bill Kalar, and then they just kind of got a flash in the pan before they decided, oh, well, we're going to have to pay Von Miller. We're going to have to maybe pay Derek Wolf. We'll go ahead and let Malik go. But your thoughts on those two guys? First of all, thank you so much, KB, for the uh, the shouts there. I agree. I, I kind of feel what you just said about the Colts and being closer to it and being a little uh, subjective, not objective. Those in Broncos country know how good those players are. But to the casual NFL fan, you know, Danny Trevathan wasn't Luke Keekley. Malik Jackson wasn't Aaron Donald. So I, I think we remember them a little more fondly because of what they did for the Broncos, but they, they never reached that a list here of household name in the NFL. What about fast forwarding a few more years and keeping it within this decade? What about Draymond Jones, a third round pick of 2019, obviously in Seattle now, but would he qualify? Because I think if he would have, if he would have been able Zach to realize his potential in his uh, rookie window, rookie contract window, I think he would have been what you might consider a bona fide draft steal. But the way it kind of shook out, I, I think he's probably ended up being right about what you would hope to get exactly. from a D lineman picked in the third round. I was going to say, I mean, his career high in sacks is six and a half. That sounds about right for a third round pick. So maybe it's a, a little sour grapes talking because I don't like the way that Draymond exited Denver. I never really felt he lived up to that draft status, but I would not say he's a steal at all. You look at Elway's last draft class. Um, that he was 100% in control of, which, of course, featured Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler at the top. Uh, when you look at what could be draft steals, you know, some of the candidates could have been like, say, Lloyd Cushenberry, um, Albert Okawebunam, Justin Sternod, Natani Muti, some of these guys. But they just never really, outside of Lloyd maybe, because of the number of snaps he's played and how much the Broncos have actually relied on him, 
whether we really like what he put on tape, he has been reliable in terms of his availability, and he has started since day one. Um, none of these other guys who I think could have been draft steals if you know maybe an alternate universe, but who knows? Maybe Albert Ozak goes in a contract year and like just balls out like Jimmy Graham in a Sean Payton offense and becomes you know the next thing. Man, I'd be surprised if Albert O's on the week one roster. I, I just don't see a path to playing time for him, despite what Sean Payton said about a month ago about Albert O. I mean, Dulcich has that spot locked down. Then he brings in Sean Payton, does two former Saints in Chris Manhurts and Adam Trailman. I just don't see um, any sort of glimpse of hope for Albert O, unfortunately. Last thing on this topic. So 2021, I think you're right. Um, Jonathan Cooper is probably... And Caden Stearns, I guess, as a fifth-round pick. If Caden turns a corner uh, as a starter, becomes a stud, he'd definitely be viewed, uh, in hindsight, as a draft steal. But you get to 2022, and, of course, these are still so young in their respective careers that all we can do is kind of uh, project a little here. But I'm looking at the guys who were picked fourth round and beyond of the 2022 class, which is George Payton's second class. And I see – Uwazarike as a possibility as a former as a fourth round pick, Damari Mathis as a possibility. Yes. Um, Luke Wattenberg had he shown us anything as a rookie. Now I'm a little bit worried that he's going to end up being because of the scheme change, like relegated to the dustbin, ending up uh, on the cutting room floor. But Matt Henningsen, Zach has a chance if he can uh, take advantage of what is a really great opportunity this summer in terms of the pecking order on the D line. Like this is his time to make a make a leapfrog, so to speak, up the depth chart because he was a sixth-round pick out of Wisconsin who uh, was very productive in his role there and just a real high-motor, try-hard guy, not the most explosive dude, very smart, though, and a very high-motor. It's so hard to judge last year's draft class because the jury is completely out on almost all of them. Uh, Damari Mathis was a really good suggestion. I think when he shows the NFL, especially Broncos fans, that he can be a long-term corner opposite PS2, he'll go down as a steal. The obvious one to me as well is Greg Dulcich. I mean, getting a starting tight end in the third round, he has Pro Bowl upside, especially in a Sean Payton offense. Once NFL fans learn his name and uh, and judge him by the length of his hair, I think he could be on that list as well in the future. Drake, bro, thank you for number two. He says, I'll stick with what KB82 said. Danny Trevathan was a big value pick. Six-rounder who had 129 tackles in 2013 and 109 in 2015. Guy was solid. That he was. And uh, he would have been even more solid in between those two seasons had he not uh, landed in the, the crosshair, so to speak, of the uh, Datgum injury bug. So, um, Phil McLaughlin, what's up, dude? Down in Tucson, great to see you, my friend. Thank you for being with us tonight, throwing down. He says, I'm traveling the next few weeks, so just stopping in to say hi. Have a safe fourth Broncos country. Buck em, baby. MHH for life. Well, safe travels, my friend. This is the perfect time if you're going to do it as far Ooh. as the super geeky football fans. This is when you want to you know, book your, t- your time away. Cause it's about to get gangster in four weeks. So it's going to be dope. The Duchess from the top rope jumping in. What's up, Michaela? Thank you, Michaela. So good to see you tonight. She says a mile high state of being let's ride. No, she says Zach on Fournette. Jones was a nobody in the football world and the Broncos developed him and gave him a chance in return. He ditched dirt. <laughs> Disrespectful. Talking about Draymond. So, uh, yeah, I just don't think uh, – I agree with you, what you're saying here. I wonder how hard the Broncos really tried to bring him back. You know, because 
I think he, they kind of left him in the wind. And the new regime, I think George Payton kind of left it up to the new regime to say, how much do you want me to really make get this guy back? And I think he heard from Sean Payton and Vance Joseph, here's kind of what we're thinking on a number. If he says no to that, cool, because we've got this Zach Allen guy. I think they didn't even ask VJ. If you really want to know the truth about Draymond Jones, I think they went to Sean Payton and Sean Payton said, no, get him out of the building because this is my opinion. Draymond Jones is the antithesis of a player that Sean Payton is looking for. All he did was like get on social media last season and retweet negative things about the Broncos, negative things about Broncos fans. He was kind of a distraction in a season of distractions. And Zach Allen, for what he's worth, which is a lot of money, will be pound for pound a better football player on first down, on second down, on third down than Draymond Jones ever was in Denver. I agree with you, Michaela. And he's kind of always been a little bit of an honor, you know, not to curse on the show. We want to keep it family friendly. Draymond always kind of he had an attitude. He was his own biggest fan. Maybe kind of the coolest guy he knows was Draymond Jones. Um, <laughs> and I'm cool with that, Zach, when it's big baller shot collar on the grass 100% of the time. Right. But Draymond was uh, Draymond was quite streaky and flashy in, flashy in the panty, so to speak. Uh, if he would have been able to be a little bit more consistent as an as a interior pass rusher, and really develop that um, the the run defense aspect of his game. There would have been no cost the Broncos wouldn't have been willing to pay, uh, but because he really, you know, only gave them half of that equation, and they could never count on when they would get it. He ended up being expendable. You know, a guy that they could let hit the bricks and find someone else. I think streaky is the perfect word to describe Draymond Jones. The talent always was there, but he fancied himself like an Aaron Donald, just a pure game wrecker, and he talked like he was that. But when you have six and a half sacks as your career high, you're far from an Aaron Donald. And fortunately, Chad, he's not the Broncos' problem anymore. But signing with Seattle was the last little passive-aggressive move I feel like Draymond Jones made against the Broncos. So he's their problem now. Indeed. Um I'm just looking here at a couple of these comments here. Drake saying, uh, honestly, even as a diehard Colts fan, I got to say, I'm just excited to see Russell Wilson with Sean Payton. I think he comes back to form, man. Whoops. And then he says, uh, how about one more for the fourth? Thanks, bro. Third super chat from Drake Wally, who, by the way, is an excellent football writer and football analyst over at our sister site, uh, horseshoehuddle.com. So always check his stuff out and give him a follow on Twitter, too. Uh, I think it's D Walster Drake is his handle really good insights on football period. But he says here, how about one more for the fourth Zach? I love your Dulcet inclusion third round tight end who I personally think has Dallas Clark vibes. That is a good, that is a great um, comparison. He says I project 65 catches for 800 yards and five tutties for uh Dulcich with Peyton at the helm Zach. I don't think, and thank you so much again, Drake, uh, being so generous around the holiday and so helping support the show. I don't think I've really seen a Dallas Clark comp for Greg Dulcich yet. I love that. Absolutely love that. I don't know if he's going to hit 800 considering it's only one ball to go around and the Broncos have so many mouths to feed at receiver. Um, but I can absolutely see five touchdowns. I can see 50 to 60 catches. And if he's anywhere near the player that Dallas Clark was, I will be ecstatic. Maybe uh, better hair than Dallas Clark. Yes, you know a little bit. Um, Ronquillo, 
says, I'm excited with the Zach Allen signing. Yeah, you should be because he's um, a couple things of, that are interesting about Zach Allen is, first of all, he got compared early coming out of uh, out of college, Boston College. He got compared a lot to like a Derek Wolf light. He doesn't have the same temperament as the beast man, you know, Viking guy that goes on crazy um, mind trips and has these like recovered, um, uh, what would he call it? Genetic memories of battling and Viking wars and stuff. So, you know, a little bit different in that respect. But in terms of what they do on the field production wise, they are similar. Also, Zach, Allen was, um, you know, he was taught under the wing of J.J. Watt the last few years in, in Arizona. And he just got paid, and he's coming to a new city where it could be, you know, time to write a new chapter, so to speak, in the in the Zach Allen story. So I'm very intrigued to see what, what he can offer the Broncos. Same. Yeah, when the Broncos signed him, I did some research into his time in Arizona, and not only was he mentored by J.J. Watt, but his play on the field kind of drew him the nickname J.J. Watt Light or J.J. Watt Jr. I'm not saying he's going to be J.J., but he's learned from the best, and he's demonstrated that he's going to give his all on every down. He's not going to take this third down off, this first down off. He's not going to be anywhere near as streaky as Draymond Jones was, and I, I really love the signing a lot. Again, pound for pound, he's a better player than Draymond. Not a hot take. Callion Green, what's up, dude, on Facebook? Appreciate you being with us tonight, my friend. He says, let's not do this, guys. How much help, I'm sure he's talking about, did Draymond have after Chubb and Vaughn, you know, were gone? Wish him well. Fuck him. We are, we're here now. Listen, I totally agree with your closing sentiment there. Wish him well. Fuck him. This is where we are now. There is something to what you're saying in terms of post- Bradley Chubb trade last year, Draymond was really all they had. So deep as far as a pass rush threat, because Randy Gregory had that knee that kept him out from like week four to whatever it was, Zach, week 13-ish. And then he came back for two games at basically half, uh, you know, half health, and then they shut him down. So he was just not the same person before he had that same player before he had that knee. Meanwhile, Baron Browning was still learning on the job, dealing with his own injury, uh, depending on where you're at in the season. And so defenses were able to key in on uh, Draymond. He still ended up leading the team in, in sacks. So tip your cap to him. You know, to be able to, as a pro player, especially as an interior D lineman, Zach, to be able to say, I led my team in sacks, even if it's just six and a half sacks, is an accomplishment. I tip my cap to him. I give him his props. But I just don't blame the Chubb Vaughn thing on <clears throat> I don't I don't correlate the loss of those two guys to Draymond's kind of failure to fully launch in Denver because really we're only talking about what was it, Zach, that following was it right before or right after the Jacksonville game that Chubb got dealt? I, I'm trying to remember. Either right way. After. Yeah, right, right after, after, right when he comes home, I think. So what are we talking about then? We're talking about eight or nine games that he had to play without a Chubb or a Vaughn. So there's a lot of sample size before that that were, that are still relevant to the main point we're trying to make, which is he was a really streaky player. Kayleon, you're entitled to your opinion, absolutely. And, you know, he was a good player, but 
he talked like he was an unstoppable player. He talked like he was an elite player, and he never was that. And most casual fans can't tell you who's on the D-line in Los Angeles next to Aaron Donald or in Kansas City next to Chris Jones or in Tennessee next to Je- uh, Jeffrey Simmons. If you're that good like Draymond thought he was, you don't need that help. It doesn't matter the outside factors around you. You win your one-on-ones and you take games over by pure dominance. Draymond Jones rarely did that. And despite um, having two of the better defensive minds in recent NFL history in Vic Fangio and Ajiro Evero, he still couldn't get to that level. So Buckham, I agree with that, but wish him well. Not so fast. He might as well have signed with Kansas City or Las Vegas because he signed with Seattle and they're a new Broncos rival. Yeah, they those, the fans there certainly uh, certainly make the Broncos a uh, point of interest in terms of Can't trying to, you know, sour grapes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay, we're at about 36 minutes. We've covered the majority of the, the topical ground we wanted to get to tonight, guys. So if you have anything burning in, on your minds, get it in the chat. Uh, Zach, there's one other topic I wanted to get to here, uh, and that is, <clears throat> pardon me, an article. I'm going to look it up on my phone to avoid the lag thing. But it was an article, Zach, that uh, Keith Cummings had for us, TJ Ward. Uh, everybody remembers Boss Ward, right, from Super Bowl 50, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he had some interesting things to say recently <clears throat> on the subject of one Patrick Sertan II. Here's what he said, quote, I think who's going to get tested a lot this year will be Sertan. They want to see, talking about the opponents, is he really the truth? He's been playing excellent so far. I think he's probably going to be the most focused on player probably. Uh, so there's a couple things <clears> – <throat> Ward says that I want to get to, but that's the first thing, Zach. Do you think when opposing uh, offenses and offensive coordinators are game planning for the Broncos, is Sertan the first guy that they say, okay, how do we limit this guy, take him away? Yes, because, you know, what do they say in the NFL? There's four foundational positions, franchise quarterback, left tackle, edge rusher, and lockdown cornerback. Well, the Broncos have that lockdown cornerback, so he's definitely public enemy number one whenever an OC is making their game plan. And I can tell you the thinking right now from every opposing coordinator, ooh, look at this second-year player in Damari Mathis. He was flagged a bunch last year for PI. He's untested. He's unproven. Let's go after him. That is going to be a mistake because we know covering the team and Broncos fans know that Samari Mathis is a damn good football player and regardless of his little up and down uh, rookie season I think he's going to prove to be a very sticky cover man and sort of the ideal bump and run running mate no pun intended with Patrick Sertan but to answer the question yes he's definitely one of the marquee names on defense that is you got to know if you're an offensive coordinator or a quarterback where he is on every given snap Uh, but to me Zach it seems like hey, if I don't want Sertan involved in my game plan, I'm the quarterback, I'm the OC, I'm just throwing away from his side of the field, which is what eventually that's what opponents would do with Champ Bailey, especially after 2005 when he got all those picks and uh, was robbed of Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, But let me me get your uh, thoughts on one other thing TJ said here real quick Um, on the subject of Sertan, because this is what – This, to me, is kind of a key. Quote, Sertan is nothing without a pass rusher. Not nothing, but if you get a pass rush, everyone looks a little better. It helps if everyone else in the second, uh, second, it helps. Oh, wait, hold on. It helps if everybody else in the second there. 
I think that's a typo. Outside linebacker, everyone is equally as important. If you don't do the job, then the job doesn't get done. Of course, Justin Simmons, he's back there. Like I said, it's all important. So, Zach, I I really subscribe to that, that in order for Sertan to really fully reach his potential in terms of ball production and making those big highlight real plays, Broncos need to get some pass rush going. Um, and then all those things will come because that's just who he is. So the question is, do they have the horses for that? And if not, can VJ manufacture some of that with his uh, aggressive kind of tendencies for throwing numbers at, at quarterbacks? He better. That's why the Broncos brought him back, and he certainly has the talent uh, to make pressure happen if he's creative enough. But it's the chicken or the egg. Is it the coverage that makes the pass rush or the pass rush that makes the coverage? But football is the ultimate team sport, and you can't, as good as PS2 is, and he's the best corner in the NFL, I think he could be a future Hall of Famer at this rate. If you leave him on an island for five, seven, eight seconds, he's going to get beat. I mean, it's going to happen. Look what Devontae Adams did to PS2 last year. That's because the Broncos didn't have a pass rush on Derek Carr. So I tend to agree, you got to get after the quarterback and make the secondary's life a little easier. Totally true. All right, last thing here, last thing, and then we'll probably sign off unless there's any burning things you guys want us to get to. But um, we didn't really talk about this last night, but this was an article from over the weekend uh, at milehighhuddle.com, also from Keith Cummings, who's been uh, doing a great job for us, very consistent writer. Uh, but this is uh, coming from assistant head coach in Denver under Sean Payton and really uh, – the bottom line guy on special teams like Ben Kotwicka, he kind of answers to Mike Westhoff, but this is something that Westhoff told Andrew Mason quote, uh, I've seen more things here than I like. Pardon me. Let's start off. I've seen more things here that I like than I dislike. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit pleasantly surprised because it's a little bit, uh, it's a little better group than I sort of thought I was going to have. And this is on the subject, Zach, for what it's worth, of special team talent. So we're talking specialists. We're talking the guys he knows he'll be able to pull from in terms of special teams. But what do you think? For a large majority of the season last year, I don't know where they finished, but the Broncos were literally ranked 32nd in most special teams category. I think by like DVOA or whatever football metric, they were either dead last or next to last. And um Mike Westoff thought he was walking into a total crap show. And it's encouraging because he's not going to pull punches. He's going to be blunt and brutally honest, just like Sean Payton. If they were bad, he would tell you they're bad, but he thinks there's some raw talent to work with. And there is, there's a lot of, good players on that side of the ball, starting with Montreal, Washington. I know he got skewered last year and a lot of it was his fault, but the coaching staff did not put him in the proper positions to succeed. They bungled him the same way uh, the Denver coaching staff bungled Isaiah McKenzie back in the day. You can still salvage Montreal, Washington. You can salvage a lot of the special teams players. And I'm glad that Mike Westhoff sees that. That's really what I wanted to I think you're to, to hammer on your hundred percent right is it goes to show you how much um, coaching incompetence and just overall lack of schematic. Um, I'll just throw competence out there again, can actually torpedo a player or players and make a unit look much worse than, um, you know, they are when you look at the individuals, the sum of its parts, all that there is more talent on special teams in Denver than 
the Broncos uh, end of season rankings last year. And now that you've got two guys there in town, two coaches who are competent, savvy, experienced in that realm, I think you're going to see a whole like night and day difference between the Broncos third phase when you compare it to what you saw last year. Coaching, coaching, coaching. It's not just a t-shirt. It's not just an empty catchphrase. It makes a world of difference. And even if the special teams rises to like top 12, that's going to be the difference in a ball game or two field position or putting the offense or defense in the right positions to succeed. I mean, it's over or undervalued. I should say people don't think about special teams that much, but in recent seasons, they've been killed. The Broncos have by specials. So hopefully we'll see a much better improved discipline unit in 2023. Before we sign off uh, and do our kind of uh, matters of business, Michaela, love you so much. She's thrown in a second, very generous super chat. She says, thank you so much, Michaela wanted to do one more super say how much I value you guys. Also, thank you for being terrific friends. Thank you. I'm so glad that, I mean, it's, it's ironic that we've met so many great friends and people by just streaming Bronco our Broncos takes for the past four years. And you're definitely at the top of the list, Michaela. Uh, it's been a joy to get to know you and, yep. and uh, have you as, as part of our community and the insights that you bring in terms of contributing to the conversation every night. It's really been just cool. So love you. Thank you. I mean, Michaela, I say this with full sincerity. However you feel about us, we feel about you tenfold. And we can't thank you enough. And looking, you know, 10 years from now, when they tell the story of the MHH podcast, you cannot tell that story without mentioning the Duchess, Michaela Parker. That's the God's honest truth. Thank you so much, Michaela. No doubt. Mike, appreciate you, buddy, throwing down. And he's saying to everybody, have a safe 4th of July with your family. You as well, my friend. Great reminder. And, of course, go Broncos, he says. Buck them. Indeed. Um, with that, we got a few parting messages, guys. Don't go anywhere. That was a super fast but tremendous episode of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so by now, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. Uh, follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some of our merch, including our Bucca merchandise, check it out at MHHmerch.com and get your hands on some. If you're not doing so, please give us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile Huddle Pod on Instagram. Follow us at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. And on Apple Podcast, make sure you're leaving your football priest a five, count them, five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But as always, guys and gals, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Guys, um... We really appreciate all of you who have helped us grow the MHH podcast Facebook page. I mean, MHH, we already have a huge Facebook following uh, north of 100,000. But, Zach, we're only 300 followers away from crossing 10,000 on the MHH podcast Facebook page. So if you guys haven't liked that page, as Zach mentioned, please head on over and uh, give us a like over there. Help us crack 10K on Facebook be really really cool but shout out to these great super chat superstars and supporters tonight troy david sambam gary drake kb the duchess of course on facebook howie uh mike phil much love and respect you guys as has been mentioned a few times enjoy your fourth uh happy fourth of july and then zach and i will see you on thursday
Stay safe and have fun tomorrow, everyone. Uh, We'll see you Thursday. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. 